Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a very special episode of the Compliance Report International Edition. As most of you know, August was the month I was celebrating a thousand podcasts, and I'm continuing the celebration by having uh, a review of the past five years of where the topic of a particular podcast may have gone. Today, I have with me Tim Kajanov Batarov. Tim is a compliance professional currently uh, stationed in Moscow, and we're going to talk about the past, present, and future of compliance in international markets. Tim is my co-host on the Compliance Man Goes Global podcast series. He's the author of Integrity Corp, 50 Tips for Your Compliance Program in Post-Soviet States, and Compliance Man of Integrity Corp Illustrated series. Tim has been practicing in compliance, he's a lawyer, and has been practicing compliance for approximately 17 years, and, and all in emerging markets. In other words, he knows his stuff. I think you f- will find this particular podcast fascinating as we explore the evolving development of compliance in emerging markets and what it means for the compliance practitioner uh, sitting in the home office back in the United States. The com- Compliance Report International Edition is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I am back again with Timur Kazanov-Batarov. And today we are going to celebrate my uh, month of a thousand podcasts, uh, which was actually in August. But we're going to celebrate it in a way that ties in with Compliance Man and Tim's creation of Compliance Man Goes Global. I'm going to visit with Tim about what his observations have been on the changes in the compliance profession over the past five years. So, Tim, with that somewhat long-winded introduction, uh, welcome and thank you again for uh, coming on the podcast. Tom, hello. Thanks for having me today. It's a great pleasure and honor. Now, Tim, as I recall, you've been in the compliance profession for, I think, 17 years but I wondered if you might, uh, I'm not sure I've ever asked you about your uh, professional education and your professional background. So why don't you just start off by uh, going through uh, where you went to law school and, and moving forward to where you are today? Sure. Well, I'm a lawyer. I got a chance to get a law degree from Tashkent State Law School. And then I got a chance to have my master's degree from the University of Minnesota School of Law. So this, this, this is regard to legal education. And uh, for me, it was a great luck to get certifications in compliance as well. There is a nice certification from the International Compliance Association, which they've been doing it with the Manchester Business School. So I got two degrees in international compliance in Moscow. And my second diploma was from, from, from London. So that's that with regards to, to to professional education. What about your uh, professional career? Could you uh, talk about that for us a little bit? Sure. I think I have a very interesting, you know, uh, professional path. Like my career is a kind of international one. I, I I used to start. I started to work in Uzbekistan. As a lawyer, then I got a chance to work for international companies in Kazakhstan. Then I, I got during my during my study in the United States, I got a chance to get internship with 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 a federal judge. So that was also a very interesting experience. Afterwards, I used to work in Ukraine for I think seven years as a chief compliance officer for 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 the big energy company. 
I think we got 140,000 people working for the company at that time. And now for three years, I've been in Russia, being a compliance officer responsible for the region, uh, which contains mostly high-risk emerging markets. So that's, that's, that's briefly with regard to, to my experience as a compliance person in the region. So could you tell us uh, the industries you've worked in so that people might understand whether it be energy, telecom, utilities, pharmaceuticals, or something else? Exactly, Tom. You, you, you just named very correctly the list because it was utilities, it was energy, it was consulting, and now it's pharmaceutical business. And I used to work in telecom companies uh, in Uzbekistan as well. So, Tim, it really sounds like uh, in your career you focused on uh, uh, what, we, what we would call either former Soviet states or uh, CIS or individual countries in uh, 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 Near Eastern Asia uh, and uh, Russia as well. Did your work uh, take you to or the compliance work you did, was it in countries outside of those that you may have been headquartered in? Yes. Uh, during my work for, for the energy company, we were dealing with international supplies and it was countries which were beyond this CIS region. However, as you have said, my main focus is within these high-risk markets of the Eurasian region. So, Tim, uh, as you know, um, and as I introduced a little bit in uh, my preface to this episode, I've been asking people such as yourself to really just give me a retrospective of where you have seen compliance go over the past uh, five years. I've been podcasting five years, and so I thought it would be fun and really instructive to, to hear from professionals and experts like yourself who could tell us some of the changes that uh, you have seen in uh, the area of compliance you practice. So I was wondering kind of uh, if you had maybe three thoughts, uh, what might they be? Well, generally, I would I would think that we have changes significantly. Um, we have significant changes in, in, in three things, like, for example, uh, attitude to compliance the second thing I would think that um, changes in legislation that emerges in the emerging markets with regard to compliance and expectations towards compliance profession. I think this 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 is the third point which I would mention when we're talking about changes during the last five years, which which I have faced. So let's uh, maybe see if we can break down those or unpack each one of those. So I heard you say the first one was uh, attitudes toward compliance. So I assume that would be employees outside the compliance department or the compliance profession. What have, what have you seen uh, in regards to a change in attitudes? I would think that compliance originally was a kind of legally based compliance. So this was based on laws and legislations. And this was the platform. And I think that the situation has been changing pretty rapidly. For instance, five years ago, we were talking about necessity to raise awareness about compliance in the corporate world. This was fair both from global perspective and for companies operating at geographies of high FCPA investigations, of high, uh, I would say the, the high rates of FCPA investigations. Moreover, at that time, the legislation of many countries did not contain the compliance concept as such. Now we have a different picture. So I think that's, that's the reason why the attitude towards compliance has changed rapidly 
uh, at the companies as well. So frankly, from my perspective, five years ago, the awareness about compliance was much lower comparing to what we have now. So Tim, you touched upon point number two, which is uh, legislative changes. Uh, certainly the United States, I think it's fair to say, led the way in uh, anti-corruption legislation, anti-corruption investigation and enforcement. But from where I sit here in the United States, I see literally a world covered with now anti-corruption legislation or anti-bribery legislation. Is that what you mean when you say legislative changes? Yes, Tom. For instance, many countries of the former Soviet Union back to 2013 didn't contain the concept of compliance as such or the concept of the corporate integrity. Now what we have seen that the countries have started to tailor their legislation to uh, approach the international standards in corporate compliance, I would say in this way. So this is a good trend for compliance professionals because, you know, being at the markets uh, which do not have any legislation similar to FCPA, sometimes it's pretty difficult to implement uh, norms and standards of the foreign law. So for us, it's very it's a very positive trend that in countries like Russia and Ukraine and Kazakhstan, the legislations started to be more focused and more mm, detailed when we're talking about corporate integrity and corporate compliance. So, Tim, one of the things that regulators in the United States regularly talk about is the cooperation that they receive from their counterparts outside the United States. So, Department of Justice lawyers have professional relationships with prosecutors literally, I wouldn't say in every country in the world, but in many countries across the world, particularly countries that have um, anti-corruption laws. Is uh, that something that uh, has also driven this, this cooperation in investigations and now international enforcement? I would say yes. I would agree with you that the level of international uh, cooperation in terms of enforcement ha- have, has been changed rapidly. And for instance, I would never think that on a CPA map, my native country, which is Uzbekistan, would appear someday, but it happens. So now we see that the international comparisons in, when we're talking about FCPA investigations has changed the landscape of international anti-corruption enforcement. So uh, I would agree with you that we, we have seen a dramatic change with regard to enforcement, and we see that the countries of Eurasia are still are being the focus are in the focus of such investigations. When we are talking about Russia, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, or Uzbekistan, for instance. So, Tim, I've had the privilege to um, be with you on several podcasts, and and one of the things you have consistently talked about is that a compliance program must be tailored. It must be tailored not only for the audience, uh, your employees, it must be tailored for the market uh, that you're entering into or you're doing business into, and it may even need to be tailored to the product or service uh, that uh, you are offering. Do you find, has this sort of tailoring uh, of compliance 
to an individual market been a development or is it still sort of, you know, we're Americans, we know what to do and what we say goes? Yes, Tom, I would agree with you that we have raised this topic constantly when we when we have our podcast on compliance man and our other sessions. I think there is a still long way uh, uh, to do. For instance, some countries have been developing data privacy legislation, for instance, Russia, and the requirements of such legislation should be taken in consideration when we are implementing hotline, for instance. Uh, in the same time, we have an, an, another trend when local legislations are becoming similar to what we see in FCPA standard. So, the, the, unfortunately, the, there is no chance to say that we have uh, a positive trend in, 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 in every direction. S still, there are some legislative norms of local legislation which, doesn't, which don't allow us to implement FCPA standards on 100%. For instance, in, in Eurasian countries, there are antitrust laws which sometimes prevent international companies in implementing FCPA due diligence procedure, for instance. However, we see that there are positive changes in laws when the necessity to have due diligence, the, the necessity to maintain compliance program have been recognized by local legislations. So I think there, the, basically I would say that we, we, we see the positive trend. However, some hardships over this way are still seen. So let me now go to your third point, which in many ways I find uh, perhaps the most interesting, Tim. And I wrote it down as expectations towards compliance professionals. How has that changed uh, in your perspective over the last five years? I would think, Tom, that five years ago, it was a more about technical skills, like necessity to have legal background, knowledge of particular laws, for instance, FCPA or uh, uh, the similar laws of, of particular nation. And this was more about technical, legal background, I would say in this way. Now we see a significant change in approaches uh, from big corporations which are operating in the market with regard to requirements to compliance professionals. I think now there is a shift to requirements related to interpersonal skills, ability to convince people, stakeholders management. So I think that that's, that's the biggest change. So now people understand that compliance professional is not just a lawyer, but a person who is able or should win uh, hearts for compliance among personnel. A person who is, uh, who is in position to change minds of people. So I think that's the, the biggest transformation of expectations which I have been witnessing for the last five years. So, Tim, you used a phrase that had intrigued me, uh, corporate integrity. Is that something, is that a message that you find resonates in uh, not only Russia, but also in other emerging markets where you practice compliance? Definitely. Definitely, yes, Tom. I think that uh, you, uh, the, the companies 
are striving to be honest. Um, they want to be transparent. Many of them have listings are in the UK or in the United States. Uh, the local regulators are also very keen in terms of control uh, with regards to compliance with local anti-corruption rules. I think that people are very eager to comply with, uh, with anti-corruption standards. And I would say that it's not about, you know, just legal compliance. I, I, what I see that top management wants, wants to be ethical. It's not about only laws anymore. It's about will and um, wish to be more transparent, to, to work honestly, to, to be, uh, not to be considered as a corrupted companies. I think that's, that's, that's a very positive trend, which, which, which I have seen. Tim, I've had the privilege to meet uh, several of your colleagues from both the Ukraine and uh, Russia who are in the compliance profession. And one of the things that struck me was, frankly, their enthusiasm for compliance. They want to not only bring the message of the legal side of compliance that you've talked to us about, but also this greater message of transparency and corporate integrity. Would you say that's a fair assessment of uh, many of your colleagues in Russia and Ukraine? Yes, Tom, I would agree for, 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 for these both countries, and we can add Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan as well. I, I, I'm talking about the countries which I, which I used to work personally. And when we are talking the region, when I'm talking to my colleagues from other states, I, I see that there's the same trend. People want to be more transparent. Companies want to be more transparent. That's, 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 that's a fair statement, which, which you have said for, for the whole region, I would say. So, Tim, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but uh, this has really been a fascinating exploration of some of the things that you have seen and observed over your professional career in compliance. So, uh, on behalf of uh, the summer of a thousand podcasts, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thank you. And I would like to thank you for doing these podcasts, which are very important for us, not only in, 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 this, in this market, particularly like Russia, but I think for the whole compliance community worldwide. Thanks, Tom, and congratulations. Thank you, Tim. And thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Report International Edition. Tim and I are developing our next series of Compliance Man Goes Global, so I hope you will look forward to that. Thank you again for listening. I hope you've enjoyed these five-year retrospectives of all of the podcasts in the Compliance Podcast Network. I'm developing one for the board of directors, and that will uh, that's upcoming. Uh, Matt Kelly has one around ERM and compliance, and then Mike Volkov has one around the FCPA. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me again. The Compliance Report International Edition is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.